Welcome in, everyone. This is The Marketer's Best Friend, a podcast from DataJoin. I'm your host, Cameron Warren. And on our kickoff episode, we're talking all things marketing operations, the state of marketing ops in 2022. What is it? What intrinsic value it provides? And we're also going to talk attribution and talk data. Joining us for our kickoff episode is marketing ops expert, John Westover. John is a marketing ops expert. He comes from a long, long resume. Let me just read this off for you because I want to break this down. Marketing automation, at, and John, you can correct me if I'm wrong as I go through this. Marketing automation manager at Verisk, manager marketing ops at InMoment, senior manager marketing ops at Concord, and now is the co-founder of your own shop, Voltage Marketing. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. You hit it on the nail on the head. Well, John, that is, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You're joining us in our inaugural episode. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, we, uh, we're excited to have somebody of your caliber. I mean, you're, you've been in marketing. How many years have you been doing marketing operations? Oh, man, it's, it's been close to seven years now. Just, yeah. So, I mean, that's, and that's been covering a little bit of what you just described. You know, I started out as an intern it at Verisk Analytics, and I did a bunch of different things, but that's where I started my journey in marketing operations using Eloqua, and then was there for a couple of years, and then I went to InMoment, which was a really different animal, smaller company, and that 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 basically they were using also a different software. They were using Marketo yeah. as opposed to Eloqua, and so um, yeah, I mean it's it's been a long ride. So I was at in moment for a little while. Then I went to Series B startup using Marketo again, um, and now here I am doing my own consulting. Man, that's uh, I mean, so we I remember Sam and I, um, you know, Sam Sam CEO of Data Join. You know, I just I just rejoined Sam uh, here at Data Join as head of product, and we we had lunch with you a couple of weeks back. And I was thinking back to our time when we came over to In Moment. And we were talking to you about some of the stuff we were doing. This was like four years ago. Uh-huh. I guess, I mean, one thing I've been thinking about is what's changed in terms of your perspective on marketing ops, marketing analytics, and tech since the time that we came in and met with you? Because I feel like the landscape has dramatically changed. So what, I mean, what are the biggest changes that kind of you've seen that you've gone through? Yeah. Well, I'd say everything really. So what <laughs> everything just everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that covers everything, but like I mean getting more into the specifics of the question. Yeah. So back when back when you and Sam were there, it was really interesting cuz I I was at in moment and we were really trying to solve for attribution back then and we were like I remember Devin, my manager, he was so focused on it and I was new to Marketo and you guys had a system you were trying to do. So anyways, I was just like trying to comprehend like I'd heard about this mythical animal called attribution that that you know has been talked about by vendors, all Martech vendors for the longest period of time. And um, so, anyways, my perspective back then was like, man, we really got to be able to prove how well we're doing with all of our 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 activities that we're doing in marketing. And I just it was like the singular focus back then. But since then, a lot of things have happened where you know. Um, not to say that attribution is something that should be entirely forgotten, but you know, I've realized and learned that if you focus too much on attribution, then you, it's the biggest danger is you're going to lose 
you can lose your way and get too focused on attribution and forget to actually be doing marketing, which is what marketers should be doing. So <laughs> um, it, there's, it doesn't matter if you have attribution, if you don't have good marketing that's, that's going into that. So, um, and I realized I learned that a little bit at an moment, but really I learned that a lot when I was at Concord, which was the series B startup that I was at after in moment. Interesting. So attribution, attribution, I mean, attribution kind of, to me, it feels, it feels like the golden goose, like everybody wants it, but like, nobody knows what it actually is going to do for them. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, tell I go, I want to hear, you know, go, maybe go into your experience at Con like what, what was, what happened at Concord? I mean, obviously it's a different environment from in moment in terms of company size, what happened to kind yeah. of adjust your perspective on that? Well, so when I first got there, I spent a long time trying to like, just learn the system. And then when I learned the system, like, Hey, here's all the problems that are going on with it. Um, here's what needs to be fixed. I mean, we probably, I probably, I mean, I spent, it was from November all the way till March to like March, April that I was trying to, to just understand this animal and figure out what it is that we needed to do. And there were a couple of other things that happened during that same period of time. Like we were changing our go to market strategy. We were adding on a, a self-serve component to it as well. And so anyways, I spent so much time trying to figure out the systems because there was not a lot of documentation and trying to tell people how good or not good the data was. And then once we figured out where we were actually were trying to come up with a plan of how to execute and change, you know, change the system so that it actually was telling us something that was meaningful and that the data was actually good. Like we just spent so much time doing that, that we didn't put enough attention into our new go-to-market strategy, yeah. of helping people actually self-serve. And, right. you know, come, come fast forward to fast forward to August of that year. I started in November and then, you know, August, just a couple of months later, I like the whole marketing team, everybody came together as a company and we're like, Hey, like the business isn't doing good. Like why? Um, and, you know, a lot of that blame and responsibility actually fell on the marketing team. We were so busy trying to focus on this data and this structure of all these data points that we didn't do a good enough job of actually doing what marketers are supposed to be doing, which, like I said, was marketing. And that was where I realized, like, you cannot spend so much time working on attribution. Like, it, it's just going to be a super, like a huge time suck that that's not going to pay dividends in the end. So, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, talking about that's, I mean, it sounds like you were got so caught up in the weeds of trying to get the technology to work correctly that it just wasted the, the marketing teams, like, like all your time. It did. Yeah. We, we, I was going down. I mean, there's a couple of, there's, a, there's actually a lot of reasons, uh, challenges that were there, but yeah. one of the mistakes that just I made specifically was like, trying to chase this like perfect attribution component that was like the driver like i was trying to figure out the systems but i also was like trying to make sure the data was good for the you know the digital team that was trying to get leads coming in and for um the sales team and so you know i ended up focusing a lot of time on things that that ended up wasting a lot of time yeah so i mean what's your approach now 
I mean, you've, you've obviously changed it. You're still in marketing ops and you still are helping companies with marketing ops. So you're still in this technology yeah. position, which, you know, when you, when you think about it practically, it's like, oh, you're supposed to come in and like, you know, connect all these systems and make them all communicate and work together. And you're supposed to be like, now that you've been through that experience, how has that changed your actual like practical approach? You know, for example, like with your clients with voltage and, and all that stuff. So one of the biggest lessons I learned there, you know, in tandem with, you know, not trying to focus solely too much on trying to get this perfect attribution model was <clears throat> it's, it's not, you can't just jump solely straight into technology to solve your problems. You need to yeah. actually zoom out and you need to have, you, you need to have a good plan in place for, and when I'm talking about plan, you need to have like, what is your overall go-to-market strategy goal that you're trying to accomplish? And then well, that's after that document, you also need to start defining some of the, the processes that are going to back up the tactics that you're going to, to deploy in yep. your go-to-market strategy. If you don't know what you're trying to do as a company and like what targets you're trying to reach and you don't have any processes defined, when you get to the tool, you're just going to be doing some best practice things that might be okay, but it's end up going to end up causing a lot of roadblocks for you further on down the road. You're going to have a lot of technical debt. So with clients that I work with, when I'm trying to help solve their problems, I try to zoom out and actually be like, okay, let's actually think about this from a business perspective before we jump into the tools. Yeah. So taking like, I mean, it sounds intuitive yet, I mean, I, I know from speaking with you and speaking with many others, it just doesn't happen very often. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, because you think intuitively Almost you're sitting never. there, <laughs> you're sitting there <laughs> thinking to yourself like, oh, like, yeah, they, there's somebody who's orchestrating a strategy, a go-to-market strategy where you have a specific set of tactics yeah. that you're going to go after. And then, okay, now we're going to take technology and apply that to a specific set of tactics. But like you just said, almost never happens. Why is that? Lack of communication and a couple of things. Lack of communication is huge. I've seen that with a lot of my clients. They're yep. not talking to their other counterparts. So communication is a big reason why, why this never ends up getting implemented correctly. Uh, and then lack of understanding. I'd say the second reason why this this never happens is the lack of understanding what marketing operations actually does. And okay. That's the lack of understanding within the marketing operations professional. I don't think that marketing, op marketing operations professionals do a good enough job of understanding how the technology that they're using impacts the business as a whole. But then at the higher level, like from the leader's perspective, I don't think leaders really understand what impacts marketing operations has on the business and how they should use it to get the clear insights that they need or to to act on the strategy and the goals that the company has so how how would you personally define that i mean because you know i've been since i've started at, at data join and i've been talking to people like yourself and talking to tons of marketers you can't really zero in on what what is marketing <laughs> like what is marketing ops because i've i've heard it been described some people say yeah oh marketing ops is like the it of marketing which you probably <laughs> take offense to that 
I, I, would, I did actually. <laughs> I would imagine. No, no. I'm, listen, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this. So I, I, this is what I heard from somebody, and then other people are like, "Oh no, well, actually, you know, marketing ops needs to be positioned more strategically," which makes sense. Like, yeah. What is it like? Can you define like what is the value, like you know, the intrinsic value that marketing ops brings to the table that companies can't do without that function? Yeah, I mean, I've I've actually been trying to to articulate this well through a series of my linkedin posts yeah um, those are great because been... it, it's it's not easy it's not easy to define it but i've been thinking about it a lot lately and i think about a business in general like i start with there and i'm like okay what's a business trying to do we yeah. all know it's trying to make a profit right so how like every job in that company is trying to help that company make money in some way um, it, 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 it all feeds into there, if, whether it's direct or indirect. Sales is obviously the most direct to bringing in revenue. Right. So I think about marketing operations and I'm like, okay, how does marketing operations and MarTech fit into the mix? And the way that I think about it is it's marketing operations is really your how to like how you're going to execute mm -hmm. your marketing tactics. And when I say marketing operations, I think this is actually also another misunderstanding is when people talk about marketing operations, sometimes they instantly think Marketo or right. they think uh, HubSpot. Right. They right, think right. Cool. When that's not really all of marketing operations. In fact, that's a very small part of it. That's the marketing automation tool, but that's not marketing operations in general. Yeah. So, you know, you've got marketing operations, which is, it's how you are executing your strategies and tactics and your strategies and tactics should be geared towards helping bring in people and nurture people that are already in along that sales cycle to bring you closer to revenue. So if you're, if, if you have a self-serve function, then you're helping them on their journey to sell themselves. If you don't, then you're helping them along that journey so that they can become educated enough and be like, Hey, I'm ready to talk to sales. So, so really like I, I, and, and, and also like in tandem with that, like I actually think marketing operations now is, has a bigger role than it previously did because of the way that buyers buy now. Yeah. So, you know, you're the how to these marketing tactics, but you're also like, you're the delivery system of education, you're creating these educational, you're helping deliver and orchestrate these educational experiences that people are wanting to do on their own without sales uh, more and more and more. Like people have heard that ever since I started in marketing, but it's even more prevalent today. Like by the time they want to talk to sales, they've narrowed you down to like two or three vendors. So right. I actually think in a way your marketing operations team and, and like what it is and how it helps you is like, it is, it is, it's, it's how you do your marketing, but also it's kind of taking on a lot of those things that sales previously did before. Like it's, yeah. it has like a high enablement of, of, of a sales function, which I don't think that most marketing operation people would tell you that because I don't think many of them have thought about it in that way. Maybe they have, but I think that's more of a relatively newer way of thinking about things, but it's the way that that's actually, that's actually really interesting thinking about, you know, like the, a BDR or like a sales sequence, you know, how much, 
how much uh, of a boon that that could provide like a sales team, the marketing ops. I, I mean, I guess you also have yeah. that term revenue ops, which those get com kind of combined together. But yeah, um, yeah, because typically you see that is like, oh, the go ahead. Sorry. That's a whole nother animal. In, in <laughs> the I, maybe I shouldn't have brought up revenue ops as a different. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. another thing like, hey, great idea, but like, how's the execution of it? If you're in sales, you probably love it. But if you're in marketing, you probably hate it just because of how usually that's executed on. So what can what can companies actually do like practically, right? Right. If you're if you're on a marketing team right now and yeah. you're going to go back to your job tomorrow and you're kind of having the same problems that you had, you know, maybe at Concord, like you described or the marketing ops function is, you know, seen kind of as this IT function and all you do is, you know, maybe hook up systems or, Hey, can you set up a sequence? How does, how do you get marketing? Like what should somebody go do? What, what are steps that they can take tomorrow to kind of start increasing the value? Go ahead. If you're in a marketing operations role, if you're in a marketing operations role or you're in a marketing organization where you understand the value of, of ops and you're trying to upgrade it, like what are some practical things that they can do? Yeah. Well, I think if you have a pretty good understanding of it and you know that you need to bring other people with you, start scheduling some meetings. Just talk, just really start talking to people, I think is, is a huge one. Start understanding other people on your team um, because it's great. Like, it's funny, but man, it, sometimes it just feels so hard to set a meeting and to talk to someone. Cause you're like, you look at your calendar and you're like, great. I have no meetings today. Like this is going to be an easy day. Um, but you know, I've found that like, you, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't talk to people. That's yeah. acceptable. You need to build relationships with others. There's no, you have no possibility of influencing anyone else. If they don't know who you are, uh, you, there's, there's no shot. Um, so, schedule that time. And if you're, if you're in a marketing operations role and your leaders don't really understand what you do, then it's your job to try to help them understand that. And what you can do to do that is if it's your direct manager, you can start talking about that in your one-on-one, -on -one. you can start talking about how you view marketing operations and, and what, where you think you, the company needs to, to, to change in, in your respective sphere. Um, if, and, and then aside from that, like you need to go a step above it. Like your CMO needs to understand what marketing operations does. And there's a lot of CMOs that are out there today that have no clue. Right. And so in order to help them, my manager, the, actually my last manager at Concord, he, he actually did help me to start doing this and made me realize this was big. It's like, send out a weekly update to the, the executive team. Make it brief. They don't want to read a ton of things, but let them know what's coming and and then send them updates of, about what it is that you're doing. And, and in those updates, like try to position marketing operations in a way that you understand it and they need to understand it because that's the only way they're going to, need to learn. They're not going to learn on their own. You, It's up to you to try to educate them. And then I think it, like in, in tandem with those weekly updates, also set a standing meeting, have a, have a week or a monthly meeting with the CMO at a minimum where you're talking to the CMO about what it is that you're doing and the impact that it's having on the organization as a whole and how it's helping that CMO accomplish the goals that they have for their department. Interesting. No, that's some 
super high value insights. I mean, I think like you already, you said before, it comes back to that communication. I feel like a lot of times, you know, especially marketers that I've worked in the past, like, I think they kind of sit and feel like, Oh, I, the value should like, Oh yeah. The CMO knows, understands the value that I provide. One of the things coming from a marketing analytics perspective, which is my background, right? I think one of the things that's, that's, you know, in the same realm of what you're talking about with marketing ops is that the CMO, like you make the assumption that the CMO sees value in the same way that you do sometimes. Right. So I remember at a meeting once, uh, we were helping Adobe, uh, you know, they were a huge client. We were going in and doing analytics and we were tying data from Salesforce into Adobe analytics and merging up clickstream and kind of showing, Oh, here's all the touch points across your campaigns. And we went in and it was a meeting with, uh, not the CMO, but it was like the senior VP of communications and her, like we walked through the deck and our client who is uh, director of social media there was like, Oh, this is a slam dunk guys. Like he nailed it. And then we got to the end of the meeting. Like she asked this question, like, Oh, do you guys need to do anything with the like net promoter score? And I was like, huh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just completely out of left field. I mean, since then I've learned like, Oh, okay she's worried about, you know, she's thinking about the branding and the communications piece, but she just didn't see the value. She didn't recognize the value in the same way that this person did. And they, they hired us to come do work, but yeah. So important to communicate and set those expectations. I think, right. Like get yeah. that meeting with the CMO talk through like, Hey, this is how I'm seeing value. Are you seeing value the same way? And yeah. then defining those parameters, John, yeah. from a, from a data standpoint, you know, I think, Marketing ops and data. I think there's a big synergy there. Um, sorry, sorry. I, I don't know if we can just go back there. That last point that you. Oh talked yes, about, please go back. I wanted to just add one last piece to it. Yes. Because as you were talking, it came to me like, um, and I don't know if it maybe came across the the right way beforehand, but I think the prerequisite, yeah, the, like you want them to understand what you're doing, but like when you first have those meetings and when you talk to everybody, CMO mm -hmm. included, like. First, understand them and their their view of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great point. And I think that that when you understand them and their view of life, then and and their workplace, then it's going to help you be aligned and know what type of things you should present to them, and and in a way that they would understand and resonate with them. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you can't you can't just go execute and hope that. And, and believe like, oh, I'm executing and I've seen these wins and then go show them because they might look at those wins as like, eh, I don't. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Um, let's talk about data for, for a couple minutes. Um, yes. Marketing ops and data. What, what, I mean, so one of, the, one of the things that we're doing at Data Join is we're taking this concept of integration automation and trying to really distill it down to its essence, like try to make it as simple as possible. Right. If you look at two systems, let's just say, you know, one of the ones we do is Adobe analytics and Marketo, right. Just looking at that. Those are just two pieces of a, of a much larger stack yeah. and just saying, Hey, what if you could just do one thing, right? You could just take some behavior out of Adobe and you could activate on it in your marketing automation tool. I mean, that's, that's something that we're trying to do. And that's, that's the kind of way we're looking at it. What are out in the wild in terms of when you're working with marketing ops, how, how are you thinking about data and analytics and how does that like synergizing with what you're doing from a marketing ops perspective? Yeah. Well, I guess, are you saying, um, 
data and analytics and, and how I can leverage that to create good experiences. Yeah, I guess, I guess what, what are you seeing as like the challenges of leveraging data? I mean, cause there's this idea of, right, being a yeah. data driven, being data driven, right? It's the data driven marketer and data driven marketing and blah, 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 blah. We've been talking about this for 10 years, right? But it seems to, <laughs> it seems to reach different conclusions everywhere. So I'm curious, like, where do you see data and like being a data driven marketer? Where do you see that sitting in today's landscape? Like what, what are the biggest challenges that, that still remain in that space? Yeah. I mean, I've never come into an org and it, they've, where they tell me our data is awesome. We try. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I have never, I have never. And you know, it's interesting because when I've come into the different orgs that I've come into, like they're all at varying stages. Like some are actually what I would deem pretty good, even though the people there say that it's not pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I think that right there plagues a lot of marketing operation professionals today or just marketers in general when they're trying to operationalize off of data or I guess maybe saying it in a more simple way like act on the data and market based off of the data that they have so data integrity is, is like a huge obstacle um, and there's a lot of reasons why I could talk about a lot of the reasons that I've seen as to what the, the, like why those challenges have come up but um it's a huge hurdle, I think, that companies have to overcome to feel confident enough to be able to actually leverage their data to create good experiences. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably prevents a lot of people. I know for myself, that's prevented me. It's just like my, my, like I've been so focused on trying to get even just the basics put in place, making sure that all of my properties on the different objects is good, that and then I haven't even like tried to like dive into the activity events data that I'm getting to, to be able to operationalize on that. Sometimes like on a world level I have, but my, like I've been distracted uh, yeah. by a lot of these other things that I just, just aren't in place yet. So you're saying you're going in and you're basically never seeing data that's clean enough where these organizations feel confident that they could even go and do some of the like lofty activities, like, personalization and activation is that is that yeah. what you're saying okay yeah yeah well and like because personalization sure I, I see companies like put a first name on there or something like that yeah but have i seen it executed really well where companies are able to be like hey we have this audience and within this audience we're going to uh we're going to actually personalize the messages based off of the different areas of our product that they were interested in um I, I haven't seen that actually executed. And I think the reason is just because the confidence hasn't really been there in that data. Um, data, confidence, data integrity. When, when you go into these organizations, who, who is typically responsible for owning that conversation? Is that, is that marketing operations or is that somebody else? Or is it fragmented across the different places you've, you've worked at? Fragmented. Yeah, it's, it's usually lives like it's it's funny it's almost like everybody says they they everybody points to it as like oh this is our ugly baby um, <laughs> everybody points to it but then it's, and maybe this is actually one of the challenges is that everybody points to it as being an issue um but as far as ownership of it goes yeah i like there's like it's it, i hear less of like oh and it, 
it's this person, like it's my fault. Or like, you know, people saying, Hey, this is why and all this, these types of reasons. And more than more often than not, it's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons as to why the yeah. data yeah. isn't working. And I, I think, and this is going to be, you know, kind of circling back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, but I think the, at, a, at its base level, the reason why a lot of the data is not good is because you have one, a couple of different owners of it, yeah. marketing, sales ops, let's just call it that for simple simplicity. You've got marketers, sales ops, and then customer success, uh, somebody over there usually relying on the sales ops person. But right, right, right. You've got these processes that sit across different departments and the processes may have been set up, but there was no oversight. Like nobody was saying, like nobody was checking to make sure that those processes were followed through on. Yeah. And if the processes weren't set up, then yeah, like then, then you just have customer success sales doing their own thing, not following any processes and you need them to do, to follow a process in order for that data to be accurate. So anyways, processes like just lack of communication and lack of, of a, a system to be able to follow up and make sure that those processes are being kept and followed. So in terms, so for clean data, obviously like, I mean, you, you talked about it earlier in, in the show where you were talking about starting with a strategy and then the process layer and then applying like the technological data layer on top of that. Is that, yeah. is that okay? Yeah. 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 Well, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I actually go back to that. And I like that as well because it, it provides a level of documentation that is going to be there. So it's easier to do a handoff with when people change because inevitably people are going to be changing roles. You're going to start with this awesome dream and then the sales force admin's going to leave. And then the marketing person's going to leave just as they do. And then some of these things get missed. But like if, if you, if you're communicating, everybody's kind of in on this, they, they know what the strategy is. And then the individual leaders know what the process is and it's documented. Um, then it's going to help you have that continuity as you have people that are leaving. Um, and, and then it also helps you guide you when you're building within the tools. So you don't get distracted yeah. by a million different options. John, one more question for you. And, and then we will, we'll close up the show here, but I'm curious of what, I mean, this, this challenge of having all these different processes and then you have marketing ops and then you have kind of the broader marketing organization and then adding in like the technological complexity layer on top of that. What do you see as the best way to kind of help? The way I look at it is marketers over the years have a lost, has almost lost control of their data in many ways. Yeah. Uh, like they've lost the power to kind of do what they want or they can. And a lot of times, but you kind of have to go and ask permission. There's layers. There's so many layers in between. I remember back in 2012, I interned at a digital advertising agency. This was like the height of digital agencies, like where they just own the universe. Now, like they've, they've kind of lost their luster a little bit, but the marketers could get any data that they wanted and they really owned yeah. like the systems and maybe it wasn't as interconnected and they didn't, you know, worry so much about, you know, like the, the whole personalization and like perfect seek omni channel sequencing all the time, but they're definitely data driven and they had control over their data. 
Mm-hmm. Is there a way for marketers to get back to that? Like, is there a path? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a great question. You're talking about like how marketers used to have access to all this activity data, but now with all the privacy rules, it's like pretty much disappearing. Like you're not, you don't have. Well, near- that that not only that but like you know now you're you're kind of dumping everything in a you know maybe dumping everything in a cdp or yeah. you're putting it in some kind of like middleware tool and then you're adding like a piece of tech on top of that that's going to give you measurement where i mean a lot of this was like many many years ago but a lot of work back in the day was like yeah it was less automated but they kind of still had control over their data um you know, yeah. they, they were just able, if they wanted to do something simple, they could do it. And I feel like we've gotten, it's almost yeah. like more challenging. It's more difficult to do that. Anyway. I don't know if I'm the best person to be able to talk about that because honestly, I just, and I can only speak of my own experience of what I've seen. Uh, I, it almost feels like the, the, the landscape for marketers, the technology grew so fast and the maturity of the actual implementation of the technology never actually caught up, caught up to that. <laughs> and, and so you had like these like, oh, now, like, now we can do like, so we have attribution. Now we can do multi-touch attribution. Now we can do predictive. Uh, we can predict who's going to com- be a customer for you. And now you right. have all these different layers of technology that it, like, so there's all these tools and capabilities that have come out there. And I just feel like the maturity just never, never caught up to it. And at least for me, like even I have yet to have gone to a place where I like, I was able to get it to a point where it's like, okay, cool. Finally, we are here. We have a good system. We have, we have good, we have like this base framework in place. We know who's a customer. We know where everybody's at in their relationship with us. Let's do this. Like, let's freaking kick off the, the jet engines and like, let's actually create these message like let's create tracks where we can actually help educate our customers where they are in that yeah. particular point and to reach out to them with their specific um the specific product that they're interested in um i it just seems like you, at least from from my own personal experience i've never actually been able to get there so is and getting back to your original question i don't know if i necessarily answered it can't can can marketers get back to take control of their data um I mean, I, I haven't. Been in <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you you say you're not qualified, but I think, I mean, I think uh, that's an incredible answer. I mean, it is interesting to hear you say, you know, that that vision that you just painted. That I think, and I think that's the vision that kind of every B two B marketer has in their mind. This is where we should be. Yeah. But in terms of like the proof is in the pudding. Like very rarely, almost never, do you see that that is actually the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's, it's so true. It's so easy to like get on a podcast like this and to talk about ideal states or go to conferences and talk about ideal states. And, and frankly, dude, it's actually crazy. When I, when I started going to conferences, when I was earlier, earlier on in my career, I went to these conferences and I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, these guys, <laughs> these guys are crazy. Like they're actually able to do that. Oh, this do is awesome. it. I'm going to bring this back to my sales team. I'm going to tell them that I'm going to be able to predict who their next closed one deal is going to be like, (laughs) because that was the type of stuff that I was hearing at these conferences. And and then like, I got to a point where I was thinking in my head, I was like, man, I must not be very good at this because 
what they're talking about here at these conferences and what the vendors telling me, like when I go and read on their website, I am not there. I'm not even close to there. So, and, and like, granted, I was still young. I don't know if I was giving myself enough credit, but like it got to that point where I was like, man, I mean, I'm, maybe I suck at this. So, <laughs> I mean, well, look, I mean, to put it, I, there's, there's a light in this conversation because I think it's, you know, people who listen to this who work in marketing or work in marketing opposite, which I hope they will, and hear from somebody who has such a vast experience in this field, to say that out loud and to make that statement, I think it's actually freeing in so many ways because to your point earlier in the episode, it's like, look, now we can just focus in on here's like the stuff, the activities that actually matter. Let's just yeah. focus in on simple base hit wins instead of getting lost in the technology. So, I mean, you, yeah. you're seeing it as like this sort of disillusionment, but in a way the disillusionment leads to the realization that, okay, well, let's just, let's kind of narrow our scope. Let's focus in on the things that we can control. Let's yeah. try and get some base hits before we get a grand slam. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're not going to get the grand slam if you don't get your base hits, unless you're extremely lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, uh, this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, if you notice some technical difficulties listening to this episode, uh, the, I apologize for that. Uh, episode one, we'll get those smoothed out in future episodes. John, thanks for being a trooper and, and uh, dealing with those hiccups. Uh, John, thank you so much. We will get your contact info and, and stuff listed in the podcast description of this episode. You can find more episodes of The Marketer's Best Friend weekly where we're talking to experts in b2b technology and analytics the best friends of marketing getting next day insights from them to learn how marketers can make their lives easier make their lives better uh through technology through analytics and through data thank you so much for listening <laughs>